0: Because I am bringing you a special guest um, to kick off. We've taken a little break um, from the podcast, so to kick off things right, we have Claudia Sandoval. Thank you so much for meeting me, Claudia. Thank you so so much, Claudia. Obviously, there's the obvious, um, season six MasterChef winner. But what I would like is for you to introduce yourself um, and tell my listeners a little bit of who you are today. What makes Claudia?
1: Well, that's a deep question. <laughs> <They> <laughs> what makes you, off? Claudia? Well, um, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. I, I, I love your podcast. I love what you do and I love what you're doing yeah. for Latinas and, and all of it. So yeah. um, that's why I was like, absolutely must do this with you. So I'm I glad we finally got found some time to get together. Um, you know who am I gosh I think that's something that um, I'm still figuring out you know Um, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned um, across the past couple of years has really been that you really there is no timeline for anything you know I think growing up as a Latina you're told that you know um, all of these All of these statistics about what's going to happen to you and what statistic you're going to fall into. And, um, you know, I was hell bent um, from, like, age 17 that I was just, like, not going to be another statistic. I wasn't going to be another pregnant Latina um, out of high school. I wasn't going to, you know, follow all those statistics. And so that was, like, my big thing. Um, But life has taken me on an incredible journey. And I think where I am right now is really just um, a hardworking single mom, which is pretty much not changed from when I went into the competition on Fox. Um, I'm, I'm just still hustling. I'm still trying to... Um, stay as grounded as possible. I'm still trying to be the best mom that I can be. I'm still trying to set the example for my daughter that, you know, Latinas can do anything and be anything that they want to be, um, regardless of what um, society is telling us right now. Right. Um, so, you know, when you ask me what that is, I mean, that's that's me working every day. That's me... Sometimes not not being home for weeks on end, yeah. uh, months on end, depending on what I'm filming. Um, sometimes that means blogging. Sometimes that means creating videos, that creating social content. Um, you know, it it really means everything. Um, and among all of that, it's you know it's being a good daughter to my parents and. And sometimes, you know, like uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, you know, helping them DIY their freaking backyard and like blowing out my back for three days, Uh, because you know, uh, if anybody is going to keep you grounded, it's your sure. It's like your Latino parents, right? Right. They're like, "I will still throw a chunka, yeah, I will still throw a (laughs) chunka right around that corner, knock you outside the head if you get crazy with me." Um, So yeah, no, I mean that's that's in in a nutshell who I am. I mean, obviously we can deep dive deeper, but um, you know, life is. Life is definitely different, um, but I'm so grateful. I've yeah. been in, I've been incredibly blessed, and I, I realize that.
0: Yeah, and how
1: cool of it for your
0: daughter to see you go through this journey. How old? Is I don't your know, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My uh, 14 year old, well, soon to be 14 year old. Uh, we're we're this is like uh, early August. My daughter turns 14 uh, in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, it, she's 13. Uh, just wa- just got into high school this year. Um, she's turning 14 here in a couple of weeks, and you know my daughter is not taking it very well I i think a lot of people think like oh she's like totally like um on board like probably loves to cook with you and that is the complete opposite um I feel like I would need to remind everyone what you were like when you were 14. Yeah. Think back to the time when yeah. you were 14.
0: Y'all, it is no different <laughs> and
1: how much you hated your parents. Right. Right, your parents were weird, your parents were awkward, your parents right. made you feel awkward. Was the it was it, it wasn't us who were awkward. They were the awkward right. ones, right? right? Um and so I think my daughter is definitely going through that. I mean, think about it. Um, she was 9 years old. Um, when i won the competition Mm -hmm. so she was immediately propelled into this limelight and you know um we got into a place where we um you know were very quickly almost celebrity status and that was a very big change for us because we were just leading a normal single mom life and then all of a sudden we couldn't go to the Del Mar Fair or the San Diego County Fair as it's known now because people would pull on my arms and we couldn't walk 10 feet without being asked for pictures. So that was a very big change in her life. So I know that a lot of people think like, oh, she's so excited and don't get me wrong. My daughter's just like, I can't tell you, she's the complete opposite of me. Daughter's an introvert. I'm totally Uh an extrovert. Uh, she's just more calculated and planned and all of that, oh, and I'm more like, let's
0: just do whatever. Right, let's jump
1: in. Yeah, let's jump in. <laughs> um, and so it's a very interesting dichotomy that we have, and because of that, you know, different personalities deal with things very differently. Right. And so I think for her it was like a, we, I want privacy. I don't want to be in the limelight. I didn't ask for this. Stop pulling on my mom. Um, and that's hard, you know. Feel um, feel like she's sharing. Yeah, like, totally like she's
0: sharing you with with Everybody. everyone
1: people she knows yeah. and
0: people she doesn't yeah. know it
1: got to a point where i remember, i'll never forget there was a day at sushi deli where we were having you know we were having like our favorite like low meal like low like cheap sushi right but it's mm-hmm. like our go-to uh and uh, we were you know we were just eating and somebody comes up and they're like oh my god can we take a picture and she's like she snaps at them and turns around and she goes we're having dinner and and the person was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And just like walks away. Like I didn't even say anything and I had to like have a conversation and I'm like, "Honey, these are people who buy my books, who attend my events. We can't be rude to them. The reason why you have all of the amazing things that we have in our life is because of those fans." So, it's a very difficult thing to go it's hard through. To grasp yeah. That. And yeah. so so to answer your question, yes and no, right? I mean, yeah. there is definitely times where I hear her talking to other people, like I hear her low-key talking to her friends. Yeah. Not trying to spy, but you know all moms spy. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> got that ear, that mom yeah. ear. We
1: I got that like hydro yeah, like <laughs> that crazy what is it called? Like the super hepr- supersonic ears. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, man, she she'll like say like, I'm so proud, my mom's like, you know, um Or she'll post things on social that because my my daughter's very private I you know I don't even share her social or anything but it's cute because she'll say things that I've said to her and she's sharing them like you know if you ever feel sad or lonely talk to me Um, you know just like really like things that like I've I've taught her I mean just the other day I had arrived from from uh, being away from home for seven days and the first thing I did was walk into her bedroom and she's got like meditation music on and I go to sleep with meditation music and I'm like yeah
0: Yeah! I just like cried (laughs) and like Loki cried like tap
1: yeah patted my back and was like I just you know so again it's that's why I said the first thing I said was I'm still just a mom trying to be a good mom trying to make sure that you know and keep her life as normal as possible which has been a reason why i don't make her as public um and why you know i've kept her out of the media a lot of the media will call co- off and ask like what's your daughter's name what's your daughter Where doing Blah, blah, blah. Doing? how yeah. old is she and i'm like my daughter is not part of this world please do not push this That's subject nice that you know
0: that too because she's the one that's you know kind of laid back and doesn't even want to be in that limelight so right that's nice that you respect that you don't push her you know towards that right so what was what was the normal life for you before all this started what was your guys's day-to-day
1: yeah well I mean we lived in a one bedroom apartment in La Mesa we shared a bed Um, a lot of people don't know this but when I left my marriage um, I actually left uh, with nothing everything that was uh in our apartment um was pretty much donated to us by friends um and so you know don't get me wrong like i worked really good jobs i was working for the county of san diego and then um along the line ended up moving out moving out of the county once i became vested and then moved into working um in advertising but you know we were struggling like we had you know like three bowls that somebody had given to us and like, you know, two spoons and two forks, like to that level, you know? And so, um, it was, don't get me wrong. It was like really, really hard, but at the same time, we weren't like starving, you know what right. I mean? We were living a good life. We we had friends who would always come over and bring groceries over and you're we
0: making it happen. Yeah, we were
1: yeah. making it happen. And, um, but you know, cost of living in San Diego is high. Ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so like, it didn't matter if I was making $20 an hour on a single income. That's like, pretty much minimum wage you know you might as well be making minimum wage by the time you pay rent Um, so it was it was hard but you know we were living and we were happy and that's all that mattered you know like our family supported us like our friends were around us all the time and they gave us a lot of support and so you know we were lucky we were blessed Um, and when this opportunity came along it was like well let's see if we could take that and and run with it yeah
0: so tell me about the opportunity of going on MasterChef Um, how what did that look like for you? How did that come about?
1: Well, um, I have a friend who uh, worked as a community writer for Entertainment Weekly oh. um, and so she would write uh, for the community kind of recaps on the shows okay. uh-huh. and in that in that in at that time season five of MasterChef was on air Okay. and uh, she was writing all about it and of course because she was a media writer she got a PR push um, for the auditions that were coming up and they were of course coming to San Diego. And so um, one of my, the friend that I'm specifically speaking about um, is somebody who I ran an Instagram community with. So a lot of people don't know this, but I used to, (laughs) all before this, I used to run an Instagram community called Instagrammer San Diego. I was like the head honcho of Instagrammer San Diego. We even set a world record in San Diego. Um, Like we have, we literally set the record for the world's largest Instagram meetup called an Instameet okay yeah so it was a lot of fun and we had a ton of fun and I love taking pictures so a lot of people don't know that but I like low-key love photography and like l- that's one of the reasons why I love Instagram um, and so um, yeah she she used to help me run the community and help me run the Instagrams, um, but she was still a community writer for for entertainment weekly so when this when she's when she saw it come up, she's like, Girl, you are always entertaining, you're always cooking, you've won the salsa contest at your work, you won the like macaroni and cheese contest at the work, like you know, you get the idea. Like i had won like all of these like little mini competitions, but yes. like it was like pretty well known that like I knew how to cook, you know what I mean? Like everybody kind of knew. knew that
0: you knew it yeah, was like Yeah, well and I was like constantly <laughs> like posting
1: pictures of like me cooking and stuff like yeah, that, you know, okay. and food. So it was obvious that like I love food, right? So she was like, you would totally be great for this. You like have such a personality. Like, and I was like, oh my God, that's so funny because when I used to be married to my ex-husband, my daughter's uh, dad, Mm -hmm. he would always say, you cook so much better than those people. You should totally do it. And I would be like, yeah, okay. You know, I would, and, but I would also kind of be watching. I was one of those people that like, you know, from the, from the comfort of my couch would always like judge and be like. Oh, my God. They totally have enough I time. I would have would have. I would have done, done, done that, so right? much better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, of course, you don't realize how hard it is until you're in that kitchen oh, sure. and the pressure's on. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I ate my words. Let me say that. <laughs> I ate my words. Um, so, yeah, like, it was, it was a great opportunity, um, but I was still, like, super skeptical about it. Okay. I was super skeptical about it. I uh, talked to my boss about it, and I was, like, kind of, like, jokingly, like, can you believe my friend thinks that I should do this? And like me and my boss shared an office at that time and she like turns around and she's like, Oh my god, you totally would rock that. She's like, Yeah, yeah why she's like, Exactly. She was like totally on my friend's side. And I was trying to get somebody to be like agree with me and be like, Yeah, she's right. crazy. Like we right. can't afford to. Because my boss at that time was also a single mom. So like I felt like she 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 knew what was up. She knew what's yeah. up. She knew what's up. So she would be like, no, 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 you can't leave your daughter. You can't do any of that. And she's like, no, this is actually genius. And it ha- just happened that that same day she had a one-on-one meeting with um, the one of the partners in the office, uh, the female partner in the office, uh, who she reported back up to uh, for our department. And um, and then all of a sudden, like, she's like, hey, Indra wants you to come inside. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do now? Yeah. And, of course, they're both like, you have to do this. Like, I talked to Indra. I told her about this opportunity. You Tonight should totally do like, this. have, like, your
0: work backing you up. Right. Like, and saying, so I'm like, like, hey,
1: you should go try this out. Yeah. And so I'm, like, telling the partner at the office, I'm like, I can't leave one because I don't have enough, like vacation time Two, like I don't have savings three like how am I gonna leave my daughter without insurance even if like I decided to move everything out of my apartment and you know like move my daughter into my mom's house or something like that or a friend's house like what's gonna like that's a how lot, I that's a lot. About think that. about yeah. that think about having to completely leave your whole family and your whole livelihood for three months. And people Without- don't
0: think that because we just see you on TV, and we see you doing this competition and like living this life. We're like, yeah, and like everyone's voting and supporting and all this stuff. But like, we're not seeing the story of how you actually got there and what you're leaving behind right. to get there. Right? We right. hear in the clips throughout the show. And you hear like, oh, okay, she's a single mom. Oh, okay. yeah. But you still don't know the depth no. of what no. it takes no. to get there.
1: No. So. The short story long at this point, right? Uh, my the, the partner of the office said, Well, we're willing to cover, we're, we're willing to continue to cover uh, your half, our, like our half, the company's share of the insurance, if you're willing to cover your side of the insurance, which I think was like a hundred dollars or something like that. Wow. And I was like, Well, I don't have very much, you know, money saved up. <coughs> I think at that point I had something like three hundred dollars in my bank account. I'm not joking. And, uh, because again single mom paycheck to paycheck life and so I was like I can't I can't do this and so I I just listened to her I heard her out and I was like okay thank you so much for like your support this is awesome and they agreed to that they would give me um you know like a, a leave of absence so that I wouldn't yeah. lose my job yeah because that was another thing like I'm gonna leave and like what am i going to afterward like what? if I don't win like what's gonna happen so I just felt like it was super responsible so ended up um Going home. Well, I submitted the application, and within about an hour, they called me and they said, "You've been VIP." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And so they, what? <laughs> what does that mean? I just need to tell you. To this day, I don't even know what that means. Okay. Like I'm on the show now, on the other side. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't know what VIP means. So right, I, I just need we'll to tell you out about one day. <laughs> someday. I need to really figure that out but the point is that they they VIP would me and they said you can come in at whatever time you want anytime from 8 in the morning to whatever I don't even remember what the time was and so I said okay cool I can come at 1 and they were like okay just let them know that you've been VIP give them your name um, and they'll put you right in and I was like okay and I was like what do you what do you mean they're like you're not gonna wait you so imagine most people will stand in line to audition and I was gonna have a front-of-the-line pass so I'm like okay so then uh, that was like a Friday. Wow. The auditions were the following day. That Saturday morning, I was like, I'm not going. So I was like laying in bed in my bedroom with my like phone and my daughter was like watching TV with my sister. My sister at that time was living on my couch pretty much. And uh, she knocks on the door and she's like, wait, so you're not going? It's like 10.30, what are you doing? Like, you gotta get ready. Like, you gotta cook. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going, man. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I'm not going. Like, and I'm just still laying there like swiping through Instagram, right? Like just imagine. Like no big deal. Like, like
0: nothing. right? Whatever, dude. Like, eh.
1: And I'm like, I'm like, so my sister's name is Liamar, but we call her Lulu, right? And I was like, Lulu, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get through the audition. And then they're gonna be like, cool, come to LA. And then what am I gonna do? I'm gonna leave you guys? And she like looks at me and she goes, Oh, you're so cocky that you actually think <laughs> you're gonna make it through the auditions?
0: <laughs> to his sister and she goes she goes
1: wow Claudia that's like wow you're like he goes like this big and I was like I just like stayed quiet right? I just kind of just stared at her and she closed the door didn't say anything else and I just like sat there for 10 minutes and I was like fuck
0: (laughs) sorry I don't know if I can care, but absolutely can but I was just like oh my god
1: and I just kept thinking and I was like she's right it's just an audition it doesn't mean I'm going in
0: wow
1: and so then I got up, I got like I took a shower, I got dressed, I did my hair, all of the things, and then I went and went went shopping, went to Trader Joe's, uh, went to um, I'll never forget, I went to Pottery Barn or whatever. No, something like that. Like one of those stores where like it's like the home good kind of stores. Uh huh. I bought a plate, I bought a board, I bought like a literally one fork, one knife, one spoon, like like that to that level. And uh was
0: the stuff they told you. Had to well, they on the yeah, so the, audition, like so the audition.
1: So, of- the audition, um, you have to bring a prepared dish, and they do tell you that you'll have three minutes to plate the dish, so everything has to be cooked. You cannot cook there, there cannot be any cooking That's elements. All
0: okay. Yeah, so
1: then you're like, What am I gonna make, right? So, I had talked to my mom about it, and she was like, I think you should make your dad's favorite pasta. So, I make this, um, uh, like this three or four, three four cheese tortellini, um, with like Mexican cheeses inside. And then, um, so really tiny little tortellinis. And then I do an Asiago cream sauce with like mm. shrimp and prosciutto and asparagus. It's like one of my favorite things to make. Um, and my dad's like favorite thing that I make, uh, because it's kind of like along the lines of like, like an Alfredo sauce, but like yeah. better because Asiago cheese, right? Yeah. And so, um, Asiago is like super stinky and super yummy. So that's it. like, it's I like a, stinky
0: yeah. Cheese yeah. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, um so ended up buying all the ingredients um came back home busted out like one dish took the the like the sauce in a thermos so that as i poured it over the pasta it would like continue to cook it for the last two minutes yeah so i almost like left the the like the pasta just just barely like cooked so that it would continue to cook with the sauce um And yeah, I I stole a plating idea, sort of, like I mimicked it a little bit from one of my favorite places in San Diego called Queenstown, uh, where they like serve like, you know, like like little mounds of um, like rosemary and crushed red pepper and Mm -hmm. salt, so that you can kind of adjust the seasoning as you like. They usually do that for their um, salads, but I did it for this pasta dish. Um, And obviously... A little
0: interactive, okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Needless to say, I obviously won and then went and took back, you know, I took I took everything back and returned it the next day. Just so you know.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: I washed everything was super careful to clean it all perfectly, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: and return and return. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and uh, and I, obviously I got through. <laughs> yeah. um, and then and then the big question became became once I got the call that I was going to L.A. was how am I going to make it to L.A.? How am I gonna? Because the, what they tell you is you can you'll either be here for one week or you'll be here for 13 weeks. So think about that. You have to pack for That's one like, week to 13 weeks. How do
0: you even? How do you mentally prepare for that?
1: No, you don't. I don't even know. So what I did was I heard I heard back around early December, like late November. I don't remember exactly the date, but I do know that I got that email uh, saying, "Hey, you're coming to LA. You're you're part of the top 100." And so I said, okay. Um, And then started kind of mentally preparing. And the cool thing about it was, I had a really good group of support from my friends. So, what they would do is, they would bring mystery bags instead of mystery mystery boxes. So, they would go buy ingredients, like random ingredients, and then give me 30 minutes or 60 minutes to cook. So, you know, one time it was like pork chops and like, I don't even know, like, And so sometimes it was a dessert basket, I love you know, it. it's
0: like chopped, like you yeah. <laughs> they created that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, it was kind of that, that type of deal. And so then, you know, just started cooking. I knew that my flaws were in baking. I, I'm not a okay. baker. I'm, I'm more of a savory cook. That's how I was raised. You know, I was mm-hmm. raised by a bunch of very strong Latina, like, you know, Mexican, female chefs and really that, you know, they had their own restaurants, my tias and my grandmothers and everybody. So that's kind of where my seasoning and my flavor comes from. And so I knew that I had that down pat, you know, yeah. so long as I was able to elevate it, which is really where I had kind of grown as a chef myself just by practicing right. at home and watching Emeril and, you know, yeah. Julia Child and all of these other people and Jacques Le Pen and all of them. And so just practicing at home and making ratatouille and making this and yeah. making that, you know, and so, um, uh, you know it, the time came for I think it was like December 15th and I I started to give up again and I was like I'm not doing this like I'm, a, I'm like I'm, an, I'm like an I'm a irresponsible mom who leaves their kid for 13 weeks like what makes me think that I'm going to win this is all ego again kind of like based on what my sister had told me like how dare I think that like I'm actually going to win this competition um, and at that and then I, and i think and throughout the whole competition i truly i never and i I've thought about this now like because i see it with some of the contestants mm-hmm. in my own show now uh huh and because we, it, wow yeah, guys yeah. we don't know what that I was but that was that crazy <laughs> um
0: glass, so glass for days
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway um yeah i I see it with my contestants that they're it's not like a dead set belief in themselves Mm -hmm. and I was like if I'm going I'm winning like there was like no doubt like I don't know how to explain that and I don't I don't even know where that type of like certainty came from like and I think about it a lot now and I'm like what the hell was I like like, where did that come from where did that come from like I, I cannot explain it to you and um but, uh, but the only thing that was stopping me was, I'm an irresponsible mom, I can't leave my kid, I don't have any savings, How am I, what am I going to do with my apartment, I have two cats, like who's going to take care of my cats, who's going to feed my nobody's going to want to feed my cats, you know, just everything, and I'm like, I'm not going to give my cats up, like they're my forever family, like what, you know, so it was, it was a lot, and um, I, I'll never forget my friend Elo and Jess, um... They both They were Some of my co-workers They were like Hey let's go grab a drink I'm like I don't have money I'm trying to save money Try to save all my pennies right. And they're just like Well let's go And so We end up going uh, To Like a nearby bar And like having a couple drinks After work And Um uh, We're talking about it and they're like, you're so going to kill this. You're totally going to crush this. We all have all the faith in the world in you We're all super excited because pretty much the whole office knew that I was going through this process, you know, um, even though I wasn't supposed to tell anybody, don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, like, you know, it was one of those things where like everybody kind of knew and everybody was really excited, especially kind of like my closer work friends. And so, um, I was like, I don't think I can do it. You guys like, I just had like one of those like very vulnerable moments where I like started crying and I was like, I can't do this. And they're like yeah you can and I'm like no I can't you guys don't understand like you know I come I come from like a family that my whole life like my parents have also been paycheck to paycheck you know I live paycheck to paycheck my friends live paycheck to paycheck and I work in an office where everybody that's there for the most part doesn't live paycheck to paycheck they're well-off, they come from well-off families, they have degrees, they have these things, you know, and don't get me wrong, I have my, I have, I have two associates degrees, but I don't have a bachelor's degree, you know, like, I know that I'm very well-educated because I was actually in school at that time, I was going to National University for my pre-law degree, because I wanted to go into law.
0: Really? I know,
1: (laughs) and I have a philosophy degree, random. Nice, okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was like one of those things where it was just like, what? Like, you know, it's hard to explain that to somebody when you come from a very paycheck to paycheck life and you don't have savings to somebody who could, so they, their questions right, were, they're just like, their why are you taking
0: this risk? Well, like
1: it's, well, their questions were, why aren't you asking your parents for the money? And I'm like, because my parents don't have money. And they just look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, well, could they take a mortgage out, like a a loan out on their house? And I'm like, we've rented our whole lives. What are you talking about? You know, so like things like that where, again, they don't understand where where my life has come from and how hard I've had to work to claw my way to where they are. Um, And even then, you know, they're making probably two, three times what I'm making because I'm just coming into this job. I mean, I had been there for maybe two years at that point. so you know it's it's very difficult to have those conversations with people that just don't understand. Right. They just don't get it. Right. Um, and so. Because they mean
0: well and they're they trying totally to you do. the love and support totally. to do that, and you're just like, yeah, but there's like this whole other like realistic part to these things right. that I have to figure out. Every yeah, time. yeah,
1: exactly. It's not just get up and go. Right. And so they go. Well, have you asked them if they're gonna pay you? And I'm like, well, no. That's a great question. I'll have to ask them that. Which is a very valid question. You know, are they going to pay me to participate on the show? Right. Like, even if it's anything, right? Like, what is what is that what what, what is does that amount going like, to? Right? And then the and then the conversation started of well. Why don't you start a GoFundMe? And I'm like. Well, I don't really I'm not the type of person To ask people for money And she goes Well, I'm just saying I know I would donate to you And I know my husband Would donate to you And I And then the other one goes Yeah, well, I would donate to you too And I'm sure that everybody At the office would donate And like Even if it's $50 Like across like A hundred people That becomes a lot of money, Claudia And I'm like I hear you And she's like They're like You've got all these Instagram followers Imagine if you posted it On Instagram Like you never know You have your blog Um, I was writing a blog Called The Adventures Of a Single Latina Mama and so I had a lot of really good followers that would like tune in every week for like my new blog, and it was like me kind of telling the adventures of being a single mom, you know, and, and struggling. Um, and so it was like one of those like I don't know, I don't know if I could do this. And they were like, just think about it. And so I kind of molded over. I think that was like a Friday. I molded over, and I think over the weekend I ended up like drawing out the numbers. They told me that they did they did provide they didn't pay me, but they did provide a per diem so that I could nice. eat. but it wasn't much like sure like not very much at all it wasn't like a business per diem where you get a hundred dollars you know a day (laughs) it wasn't like that let me put it that way um so it wasn't much but it was just enough so that i was like okay well at least it'll cover the insurance payment for my daughter to continue to have insurance it'll at least cover like you know one eighth of my rent how do i figure out the rest and so then i started drawing out numbers including my car payment and my house my you know my my kind of basic stuff right like so if I left my my daughter with my sister with my cats and then made sure that they had delivery of like an Amazon you know food or something what is this gonna cost now you're gonna be surprised but the number came out to three thousand three hundred dollars is what I needed for three months so $1,100 just to give you an idea of how little my expenses were okay Right. So uh, my rent was eight hundred and fifty dollars. Like survival mode. Yeah. You're like, this is yeah.
0: what I need just just to survive, yeah. just to cut just that
1: Just to keep right, my house right. Just to stay afloat. A yeah. Just to stay afloat. Three thousand three hundred dollars. And so I was like, okay. Now this was after the amount that I already had in my bank, you know, mm-hmm. like the you know whatever. You get the idea. And so I said a little prayer, started this little me and said because I couldn't say what it was for, right? Right, because I went <laughs> to a confidentiality a thing, Right. Yeah, so how do, you, how do you raise money for something that you can't tell anybody what you're doing? I'm really interested in this, so how
0: did you do that, Clive? <laughs> so
1: I wrote that I had a huge opportunity to change me and my daughter's life, and I couldn't tell them what it was. So, yeah. So I wrote this, like, kind of thing that said, hey, you know, I have this huge opportunity. Um, it's an opportunity to change me and my daughter's life, but it would require me to be away for about... You know 12 to 13 weeks. Um, um, I, as you guys know, like I'm a hard working single mom, like I have tried to do everything. Like, this is what I'm really, you know, like I've like I believe that I can do this and blah blah. I'm like, but I really need your help. I said a little prayer and said, God, if this is for me, it will happen and it will work out, and then it will work out, and if it's not. Then it's my perfect sign that I just need a drop
0: of it. Setting that off, I had to do that one time and ask for money and I'm the type of person that I mean I think most Latina women in these positions yeah, it's like do have a hard time like asking, right? For like the ask is like very difficult, especially when it's something for us mm-hmm. and ourselves and not for someone else or for our community, right? Or, right? or anything like that. And I know when I went through that experience and I reached out to my family for the first time, I was shaking before I sent the text message. I it was just so new to me. So how did you feel before you did that GoFundMe? I mean, I, you we're not taught to ask, I mean, all right? the things,
1: friend. I mean, like, I cried. Uh-huh. I, I, like, was just doing some serious soul-searching. Like, yeah. dude, why am I doing this? Yeah. One, why am I doing this? Um, two, like, does this make sense? Um, what happens if I don't win? Um, like, just all of it. And every time that I would think, like, what happens if I don't win? It's like, well, that's not an option. You know like that's not an option like you know you if you're going you have to win like if you're going you have to be the most prepared you have to study the most you have to do this you have to do that you know and so like everything that i kept giving myself a con for there was a pro for it like there was a okay. there was a solution for it i'm very solution thought based right like i'm a critical thinker like i'm mm-hmm. philosophy major like i will ask all the difficult questions and you know all of the so i was I was breaking it all down, and I—I I mean, I cried a lot. I was doing a lot of soul searching, and it was just—it was really hard. Like it was yeah. super hard. Um, but <laughs> I like—I think I turned it on like at seven o'clock, and by like eight o'clock the next morning, I had three thousand three hundred dollars.
0: And how would you feel?
1: I cried. Like it was amazing. It must have been so
0: surreal. I mean, that moment.
1: No, it just—it felt like. It felt like one of those moments, like a divine right moment where you're just like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this is exactly what God wants me to do. And so, like, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I was chosen by Jesus. Like, it's not, I'm not trying to say that. But it just made me feel like that much more certain that this was what I needed to do, you know? Uh, People had no idea what they were donating to. I had one person so who donated seven hundred and fifty dollars from a fan from one of my blogs and then I had another fan from Instagram who donated $500 what yes so just between two people I had like something like twelve hundred dollars and it was just like mind-blowing Talk about to like me the
0: universe like really like reassuring you like yes this is a whole new road that you've never been down but the universe is going to align everything for you because this is the road you're meant to right and it
1: just well and it's so powerful to know that there are people out there who care about you as a human being who watch your story who know how hard you work who see you spending time with your kid and who when you say i'm doing this to change me and my daughter's life go yeah she's gonna do that and i support this and i'm gonna give her money to do this like that is just like still to this day like is the most mind-blowing thing to me you know you
0: still look like you're in shock just talking about it like you still look like you're so amazing because
1: i can't believe it like i will never i will never forget that i I remember being like what you know just like what and and you know don't get me wrong like it it wasn't the amount of money it was just the fact that people were still willing to donate was just like what i mean I had tons of like $10, $20 and $40 and $100 and you've got this, I know you could do this, you're gonna do awesome. And they and still don't even, know, don't what even know what it is. <laughs> and they don't know what it is, you know? And, um, and yet if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am. And so that just goes to show that I'm not just a product of somebody who's worked hard, but a product of her community, a product of somebody of of a multitude of a, you know, a group of people, of a community of people who have of carried me all the way to where i've been from the people who gave me bowls and you know a couch and a a bed to sleep on to the people who literally donated 10 20 40 60 750 dollars so that i could go on this show and and change my and my daughter's life
0: and i think it's so important too that people know part of your journey and part of your story was You weren't a chef that was working at a restaurant here and then took this journey. Like, that's something I had no idea, you know, and I didn't know um, the qualifications were to be on a show like that. I had no idea. I always assumed you guys had that background and then went into it. So that awesome. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, to go, to be on this, on this show, you You absolutely absolutely have to have zero experience in a kitchen. So, meaning you could never have worked as a paid employee in a kitchen. Like, and that just means you can't, you can't have been, you could have been the dishwasher, but you couldn't be the prep cook, the line cook, or the chef, you know, you can't have ever worked in a kitchen. So you 100% have to be a home cook. So that in and of itself is like awesome. Um, But too, like, I mean, I definitely think I had a little bit of a hand up only because my family did have, like, not real restaurants, we okay. just had restaurants out of our homes. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, cenadurias, yeah. yeah. like straight up mm-hmm. Mexican style, you yeah. know, you, you open up your living like room clearly and people...
0: inside of you, like, yeah. it's all inside of you, yeah, in your blood. So, tell me, so you get the money, you are like, I'm in, I'm taking this opportunity. Yeah, what was the experience like once you're on the show and you're in it? <laughs> in the midst of it all like I, there's no other words than mind fuck it's a complete
1: mindfuck. Yeah. like you're you're the moment that you get off of the plane train automobile whatever you they take away your phone you don't have a key to your room you are escorted everywhere you literally cannot pee without somebody being right outside of the door
0: Damn. so you, <laughs> it's like you're
1: in jail or boot camp. I, I call it a culinary boot camp. You wake up every morning. You don't know what you're going to do. What to expect. You don't know what to expect. Um, um, you are yelled at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you go through some experiences that really challenge you to push beyond what you think you're mentally capable of. Okay. Um, and that's very very difficult when you have zero people to support you, especially because I'm coming from feeling multiple, like very supported, very blah, 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 very this, you know, right. very, you know, just like very coddled almost by my community and my, my group yeah. of friends. And so then now I'm just like, oh, you're on your and own. You get you
0: like can't reach out to anybody. And yeah. You're
1: just you get talking. one phone call every week for 10 minutes. If people don't answer their phone, sorry, Whoa. you didn't get a phone call that week. Whoa. So one time I went three weeks without speaking to my daughter, and I was going Harsh. completely mad.
0: How did you stay in
1: I, it? I didn't. I you know what I <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like it, where well, that's do you go I'm mentally? You. Like that's why I'm telling you it's a complete mindfuck. I mean, wow. when I saw my daughter, if you if you go back, you know if you I think right now the shows are on Hulu, and you go back yeah. and watch my season and you yeah. watch my finale you will see that like you will cry just from that reunion in the finale from me and my daughter because I had not seen my daughter in like like 14 weeks, 15 weeks at that point like that was like all that emotion is mean, so real imagine me and my daughter are always together always together, always together, we sleep in a bed together and then all of a sudden I don't see her you know, and then some weeks don't even speak to her. Like, it was. I am
0: going to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: It's, it's, um, you can see the sheer raw emotion of it. Um, and I think that's obviously good for them, right? It's good for the show. Right. Um, uh, but, you know, f- from a contestant standpoint, you're, the pressure is like. 100 times what you think it is hence why I said boy did I eat my words you know from that person that would watch on you know watch from the comfort of my couch being like why I would have done that better yeah not knowing all the things that these people were going through uh, you know uh, I was like not eating I was not sleeping I mean to the point where like I would come back to so just to give you an idea Mm -hmm. uh, I had to be hair and makeup ready before I went to stage so I would wake up at four in the morning to brush my hair, to like wash my hair, do whatever I needed to do. Like um, usually I would actually take a shower at night, but dry my hair, do my hair, do my makeup, be downstairs by 6 a.m. Because it took about an hour to get to the to the set. Okay. Then we would film multiple things. I can't tell you what, how that well went, but <laughs> we would be off set between 7 and 8 p.m. I would go back to my hotel. Again, I would take that shower that I was telling you about just to, like, relax. Yeah. And then I'd go up to the library, which a library was a hotel room where we had two t- two computers and, a, like, a bunch of cookbooks okay. where we could study. You had to call somebody to pick you up from your room and, and take, take you it. up to the library and sit there with you because you were not allowed to be on the Internet talking to anybody. That no is joke. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. To the point where, like, if I wanted to go eat downstairs, they would have to come pick me up from my room and walk me downstairs to eat at the hotel downstairs. Like, I couldn't even go to the lobby by myself, okay? So, anyway, um, the, my, my point is, I would stay in the library about until 12 o'clock, go home, back to my room, because 12 o'clock they closed it, go back to my room, fall asleep, wake up at 4 a.m. the next morning and do it all and over do again. do the whole routine. And that was 13, 14 weeks long. Exactly. routine. Exactly. So I was starting to go stir crazy. Yeah. Like, you're in your room the whole time. Like, you know, it's just, you start to just, like, you're reeling. You're I mean, up. that's
0: what, now I'm thinking about, like, because I love reality TV, Like now I'm thinking about all the reality shows that I watch. Like, no wonder these people, like, just. are snapping at each other. Yeah, like, yeah. no wonder. They're getting it's no sleep. Set they're getting up for you to snap, like, and do that. So tell me. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the yelling on the set and what <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Ramsay is Gordon Ramsay, man about that my I mean I told um, my dad uh, the other day that I was gonna sit down with you and he was just like he goes but he looks so happy in all his photos like he's such a smiling person and then he gets all crazy so does he really get that crazy is yes. he really like that intense yes he is huh
1: yes <laughs> you know I think what a lot of people forget though is that they you know what it's not that people forget it's that people don't know traditional french chefs are super like they're like military style you know they're very strict they scream a lot they throw things like they're very like especially once they get into the michelin levels like it is a very serious thing they take you know because any one problem any one flaw could be the one that takes a michelin star away do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. They have Yeah. There's be a lot on the line. Yeah, there's so much on the line. Their reputation, their name, their everything. So yeah. consistency is key. If you're not cooking your eggs the exact same way every single time, then it's going to be a problem. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of that. And, um, you know, what ends up happening is you have here you have a chef that has, I don't know, something like at this point, I think he has like 13 or 14 Michelin stars. Um, over incredible. Th- over oh. 30 restaurants across the world um, not to include all of the I don't know something like 12 or 14 or 16 different shows um, I know what you so need many. to understand oh. about Gordon Ramsay and a lot of people don't understand is that he is one of the hardest working people in this planet and that's the reason why he's attained what he has. The man only sleeps about four hours. So, you know, he he works out. He has a family. He does all these things. And he, like, you know, calls in for his restaurants and does all of these things. And he is, like, the epitome of... He's the Beyonce of food, right? Yeah. He's, like, that constantly working, constantly hustling, always perfecting yeah. his craft. And with that said, he takes his name very seriously. Yeah. And if, I'm sorry, you're going to be ter- termed or key coined Master Chef, he's not going to... F- He's not going to take that lightly. Yeah. Like, I don't take it lightly, right? Yeah, if I work right. this hard, you better work harder. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but what I always tell people is the way that you have to think about him, too, is he's almost like that strict dad. So I'm sure you have one strict parent, one stricter parent, mm-hmm. right? So you come home with a B and they're like, well, that could have been an A.
0: Right.
1: And then you bring home the A and they're like, well, it could have been an A+. Plus. And then you bring the A plus, and they're like, "Well, that could have been a college prep credit." And then you you bring the college prep like, credit, and like, "Well, it could have been a college you, right? class."
0: It's that next level. Exactly.
1: It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. I know you think that this is good, but you could have done this. Yeah. And I know that you that this is good, and that you good congratulations, but you know that you can go further, right? And it's that. I think it's that that makes somebody start to believe like you know what maybe I can do more maybe I can do more maybe I can do more and you start to push your own boundaries of what you think you can do hence the culinary boot camp Mm -hmm. I mean I can't tell you you know I live in a we live in a military community here in San Diego Mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how many of my friends are in the military who've said to me when you go through boot camp you realize that you can push beyond what you think you can do that you can push because you start to believe and your mind plays tricks on you. So if you think you can't do it or you think you feel sick, then you're going to be you're sick. you're going to be sick, right? But if you think you can do it and you can push through it and you can push through the next thing and you push through the next thing and you push through the next thing, like you just keep getting better and better and wow. better. And it's so true. And it's, you know, it was, it was proven to me. And I think that, that Gordon Ramsay has that innate ability to be able to push somebody um, you know, to levels that they don't even realize that they can reach and that's the beauty of, of Master Chef. you know, it's taking somebody that doesn't think they could ever become a chef right. and converting them into a chef and, and being a chef's chef, you know understanding these place, understanding how to work as a team, understanding how to run a kitchen, understanding how to, you know um, uh, create, you know, take a recipe and double it or triple it or quadruple it you know, scale it to where you're now you know, cooking for a hundred people um, and that is a, you know, it's, it's the boot camp of the culinary world. You, you're pushed to pick it up like this and you're either going to figure it out really quick because you're a quick learner or you're going to fall behind. Yeah. <laughs> you're or, and you're eliminated, right? right? I mean, the other day I thought about that. I'm like, damn, I'll never know what it feels like to leave my apron on the table and walk out of that door. So crazy! I I thought about that. I was like, "Dang, I don't know what that feels like." And they're like, "Yeah, because you would."
0: Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) So, so you go in there, cute, just completely kick-ass girl, and just you win (laughs) season six, Master Chef. Then, what happens after all that? I mean, I know now, um, you know, Chef Latino um, and stuff. But what happened after? you stopped um on the show after you won well
1: i went back to my apartment and lived my mediocre life again Mm -hmm. until september 16th because nobody knew i had won wow that's so crazy that's so how long of a gap was that so i won march 14th of 2015 okay okay yeah so i come home shit (laughs) yeah I come home, and it's like, okay, what do I do now? Mind you, I went back to my office, and unfortunately, we had lost a bank account, so they had let go of something like 12, 15 people, and that included me, so I was laid off. So what originally was something that they had agreed to keep me on, for, for they did, leave. don't get me wrong, my daughter right. had insurance the whole time, they held up their end of the battle, but at the end of the day, you know, business is business, and I get it. But they had to let me go, and in my in inside of me, I was like, "Don't do it! You don't know what you're missing out on." I know, right? Really? I couldn't tell them because oh I couldn't tell to... them I won. So here is like my job, and I'm like, "But you don't understand what it would be like if you had me here because I'm gonna right. win, and you don't even know it. You <laughs> have no idea what's about to happen. No <laughs> Just idea. Give me six months. <laughs> um, but I couldn't tell them, even if it was That's to keep my long job. Time even if it was to keep my job. So I couldn't do it. Um, About May, we started talking about the cookbook. So part of my win includes a cookbook. So we started talking about the cookbook. Um, During the first week of June, I started writing my cookbook. Um, The problem was, how do you write a cookbook in 12 weeks? So most people get between a year to two years to create a cookbook. I had 12 weeks. A lot of people don't know that.
0: yeah Yeah, talk about boot camp
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so I was making I think and I was I had to deliver like something like eight to ten recipes every week or something like that so it was insane yeah so I was cooking without money so I just kept going to kind of like the more inexpensive recipes so that's kind of one of the cool things about my cookbook is that you'll find a lot of recipes are like very humble ingredients yeah and they're kind of easy to make because I'm like, well, I'm going to focus on the basics. Like, how do you boil beans? A lot of people don't know how to boil Mexican beans. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to make Mexican rice. So yeah. let's just focus, focus on some of the basics, you know? Um, and that's kind of where, if you really look at it, that's why in, in, in very layman's term, my book is like made for a beginner. Yeah. And yes, it definitely takes you into some of the other recipes that were kind of more like my my on the show like my tres leches cake my finale okay. dishes yeah um, but yeah man it was it was super hard um, at some points um, I was doing people's laundry I was doing social media management for like a couple of weeks I ended up working with Hustling. like dude whatever I could do because I couldn't carry a normal job because I didn't want so to have to tell them in a couple right? of months hey by the way I quit because I want to start a business right okay. So I didn't want to be irresponsible, so I kept telling everybody, like, I can only commit to a couple of months of work, and they're like, well, why? Did you win? You know? So it was kind of one of those things, and I'm like, oh, I can't, no, I can't tell you, it's just, I'm, 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 I'm working on these other projects, and so I'm, like, really, like,
0: tied up, so I can't, like, you're commit. contracted to, obviously, not say anything. Oh, and yeah. Not, oh, we signed, sure contract, we signed a contract, we signed a contract
1: saying that we'll owe them one, one and a half million dollars if we say something. Okay.
0: That was gonna be my next question. Was what happens if you said anything? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So my daughter, I mean, I like literally swore everyone. Yeah, (laughs) swore everyone (laughs) to secrecy and was like, "You guys must not tell anyone because this will be all for, you know, for granted. Like it, it would, you know." And so. Everybody, we became the best liars in the world. Like I, I can, I can keep the mo- like all the secrets now. You know.
0: Yeah. Like now. I'm, got I got this. Yeah. Tell me a secret. Tell me a secret, <laughs> girl. What I've kept got? the
1: biggest secret of my life for like seven months.
0: <laughs> um, that really is a
1: long time. Yeah. So I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was, that was when we were starving, because I was no longer working a full-time job. Um, writing my book is a full-time job because I have to be constantly cooking I have to constantly be editing and con- constantly be doing all these things um,
0: and picking out the best things to represent you right, and to tell my story to tell, right, this yeah. is like, it's a huge thing oh yeah,
1: and let me like, I'm the first Latina to have ever won, ever across six seasons, and but mind you we're, they're now filming season 10 and I don't see a Latino in like the top ten. You know what I mean. Right. So like, and still, right? It's Talk almost about like the that. Responsibility
0: and still, what had to, like carry like on that too. Like, were you instantly <laughs> pressured because you were, like yeah, I mean, representing? Latin- oh, I mean, totally. Because right? you don't get a choice. In well, this. that's just who you're. My
1: biggest thing was I didn't want to represent. I didn't want to keep perpetrating that whole Mexican food is just tacos, burritos, and enchiladas. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I put an enchilada recipe in here because, let's Mm -hmm. be real, people love enchiladas, right? Mm -hmm. People love chilaquiles. Mm -hmm. But Mexican (laughs) food is a lot more than that. So you've got (laughs) chile rellenos, you've got tamales, you've got all of these other things that define Mexican food that are not tacos, burritos, and enchiladas, right? Yes. Um, There's no burrito in this book.
0: (laughs) Which Which, when it comes to, like, culturally and, like, um, our food and stuff, that's something that I'm learning a lot about right now, is about when I I went down to Mexico last year to Aguascalientes, and, I mean, me being born and raised San Diego, border town, I thought I was going to go down there and eat nothing but tacos. That's what I thought. I didn't have one taco when I was down there. Yeah. I was so amazed by the difference of food the different regions that you had eh? all yeah. these different flavors and things that I've never experienced I would have never guessed that that was food for Mexico Exactly. never guessed that but it was such a beautiful thing and just like coming here doing the dinner pairing last night um, with Leti and, and Dominique another thing too like they're taking these Mexican dishes and uh, making them into something that I never even thought which is really cool to be able to show that Right, yeah, the than, transition. Yeah. Than just San Diego and tacos and burritos, California, California burritos. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's nice to show that and be able to do that, but I'm sure there's a lot of responsibility again. Totally. Having to represent. Yeah, them.
1: I mean, and, and a lot of it is that whole, you know, not Mexican enough for the Mexicanos, Right. Uh, too Mexican for the Latinos, uh, but not white enough for the whites. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's the whole that's that's a very thin line to walk. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, you know. I think that in authenticity, um, and by that I don't mean authentic food, I mean in being authentic yes. and being true to your story, I think that there's nobody that can fault you through that. You know, at the end of the day, um, was I born and raised in San Diego? Absolutely. Is my family from Mazatlán, Sinaloa? Absolutely. Um, is my food definitely very skewed toward the the seafood regions? Yes. I have a lot of seafood. I have a whole chapter de- dedicated to Mazatlán-style seafood in my book. Um, So, you know, I didn't want it to be, you know, another uh, Mexican food on the easy trip or, you know, um, you know, uh, I didn't want it to be basic. I wanted it to be all of these different things and I wanted it to be um, a learning experiences. But I also I also I think wanted to share my journey through food. Right. Like. And by that I mean, like, how did I learn how to cook, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why you start with lo básico, the basics. Mm -hmm. The first chapter, instead of it being breakfast, or instead of it being, you know, appetizers, is the basics. That's the first chapter in my book. Um, Because when you start cooking, you don't start cooking full dishes. Right. You start learning how to pio nopales. Right. Right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, so, so just kind of teaching people some of those basic skills, I think, was, like, super important for me because again how do you boil Gives perfect them the
0: beans is yeah. in the tools how do you to make, be able to create yeah. more how do you do make corn tortillas
1: or how do you make tacos before you learn how to make corn tortillas right you don't learn how to run before you learn how to walk right. before you learn how to crawl mm-hmm. um, so that was really the kind of journey that I wanted to take people on and then um, and then I wanted to make sure to kind of share why some of the recipes that I was sharing were so important to me and a lot of them were homages to people who are no longer in my life Uh, my grandpa my my deal um back then my grandma was still with me i just lost my grandma a couple months ago um so you know i definitely plan on on doing another cookbook with all of her recipes and all of her favorites but you know i think
0: um a special way to honor them yeah it's it's yeah, yeah exactly
1: you know um When I look at my first cookbook, I think, holy crap, you know, like, nobody can take that away from me. Our family's recipes are forever published, you know, and like that, like, what better way? Like, I keep telling my mom and my family and my friends, you know, there is no better way to pay homage to the people who have raised you and have come before you. Um, that to be able to take what they've done and what they've taught you and put it on a pedestal, right? Um, or put it on this platform that now people across the world are, are, are you know, are cooking our family's recipes and going, oh, my God, I've never had chile rellenos like this. Or, you know, I, my God, I've never had a tres leches cake. This is, like, the best thing in the world, you know? Um, and that's amazing.
0: And how, do how did your parents... Uh Take this whole experience and seeing you on TV and watching you grow and having all this happen. The truth? Yeah.
1: I think so. A lot of people don't know this, but my dad was a chef for 17 years. Oh. hmm. And my mom worked in restaurants as well. Okay. And so she worked as a general manager, front of office, like front, you know, front of house. hmm. And um, what's really funny is that. They both told me that I was crazy for doing this show.
0: They okay. were... They were like, from the experience of being in the industry and being in
1: there. You're crazy for doing this. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. Oh, shit. <laughs> why didn't you pay attention to the fact that we left our jobs? That we like have left all of that world? Because it was it was detrimental to our family. and It separated us. We went see, through, right? Why aren't you learning? Why do you still want to um, do this? This is a bad idea. You don't know what you're setting yourself into and i'm like i've always said my whole life like i want to put our family's recipes on a pedestal like i've always said i wanted to open a restaurant like why is this a question and they were not i mean they were supportive but they weren't supportive do you get what i'm saying like they were like the traditional very conservative parents who were like this is not a good idea this is you're not doing this is not a good idea i can't believe you're leaving your daughter so it was all of those feelings that i had kind of inside of me before i decided to do this of are you being an irresponsible parent? Are you being irresponsible by leaving your home and everything that you own to go on this television show that could potentially end up making you nothing? Um, I think things turned around when my mom came up when I reached top ten. Okay. And it was suddenly like, you you better fucking do this. You know, like it was like a, you've now decided to do this. So, so now you, you need to actually. You do need it to and actually go do it. With it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I'll share a really quick story with you that you know kind of going back to that whole feeling of going, going stir-crazy and feeling like uh, you know I can't do this though there was one moment in the competition when we were reaching um, when we went from top four to top three mm-hmm. um, top four I went head-to-head with essentially my best friend on the competition Nick Nappy who was also here in San Diego mm-hmm. um, and he was my best friend and my brother through that competition and I got severely depressed um, when he left because I no longer had kind of like my buddy to be like yeah you know like yeah F these people you know
0: yeah.
1: um, don't let them grind you down kind of like yeah. don't let them get to you don't you know keep your chin up like you know, you've got this. We've got this. You know, like he became your
0: support system He totally there, right? did. With he totally did. And so then, when I
1: didn't have him, I felt like, and I didn't really have a personal connection with Steven or Derek. I mean, I did have a connection with, like, but not, not anywhere yeah. near what I had with Nick. You know, like yeah. they, they were, they were, they were acquaintances. They weren't my right. friends. You know, right. And so that I went through a really, really bad depression, and um, I'm all. My handlers are going to get all upset right now, but I had found a way. Hi. I had, uh, I had found a way to.
0: Mm-hmm. Come say hi, Letty. Come, come say oh, hi well. on the podcast. Chef Letty bye. just just dropped in
1: to say hi and give oh, us okay. hugs. <laughs> I wanted to say bye. I'm leaving, so I don't know what time I'll be back. All right. Here, so. Just mm-hmm. in case you guys weren't here. Okay. All. I love you. I love you too. It was good,
0: good to see you. you. Yeah. Me too. We'll have to get together later. soon. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah, some mole. More.
1: Oh, tell yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah man so um so i yeah so he leaves, I, yeah, so he leaves i'm super depressed um mm-hmm. and i when my mom came for season 10 i me and her figured out a way to have conversations on the phone without yeah which okay. is technically almost okay. cheating you know yeah uh, but not really because it was just talking to my mom um, yeah. but you know I was able to speak to my daughter more often which made me feel a little better
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the point is that my mom would call me like pretty much every night at least for a couple of minutes um, in my hotel room because she knew which hotel room I was at yeah. because she had spent the night with me that one time that we you know that she came out so for the top ten so she kind of knew what hotel I was going to be at, and if they were going to change me hotels, I knew which hotel they would switch me out to. So she would just call the front desk and be like, "Can nice. I please speak with the Santa party?" And then they would transfer me. You nice. know? Yeah. So you get the idea. So we found a workaround. Um, so when once uh, that happened, I called. You know, me, I my mom called me, and I was telling her how sad I was and how defeated I was, and we started talking about the finale. And I said, "I don't think they're going to let me win." You know there's only been one male winner across five seasons and there's already been four female winners so i don't think they're gonna let another female win
0: yeah
1: like it's really kind of overdue for a man to win right and she's like well you don't know that and i'm like well i kind of do know that because you know this i'm giving her i'm giving her all these things and i said also across this whole season males have won every single mystery box challenge Except for the last one, which yours truly won. Uh-huh. So I'm like, there's no way. Like, men have been, like, at the forefront this whole season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They've been the one to win all the challenges. They've been the right. one to win all the team challenges. Like, Definitely it's, male-dominated It's season. a male-dominated right. season. Right. Like, and then, I mean, come on. We were in the top four, and there was me and three other dudes, <laughs> hey right? So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make it through four people and come out winner. Like, it's impossible. I'm like... And then the whole, I'm um, a minority thing started coming in, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm like telling my mom, they're not going to let a Latina win. You know, here they have two white boys. Mm-hmm. They just got rid of the Italian boy. And uh, there's the one Latina. They're not going to let one Latina be two white boys, you know? And it was all just me, again, going stir crazy. Just like, this and is all up in just really, head, like, just right. really all up in my head. Right. And she's like, you don't know that. You never know. Like, I think that they care about who cooks better, I don't think that it matters who you are and i was like i don't know mom i mean you know this other guy derek is like really strong he's but he is copying out of all of these different you know like we had cookbooks and it was like you could almost like look at the picture and look at what he prepared and i was like bro you couldn't have even just been like a little more out (laughs) there yeah so you know he was but he was obviously doing very good with that technique so you know it was But it was literally the same kind of presentation styles as like Bashur, you know, you get the idea. Yeah. So anyway, so I was just like in a really bad place and my mom says, you know, uh, you know, I think you're being crazy. And I didn't raise you to give up, especially not at the last minute. You've gone this many weeks. You seriously think that it's worth just dropping everything that you've sacrificed, that you've done, that you this, that you that. And I'm like... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I don't think, and I just don't think that it makes sense for them to fly all of you guys out here, bring my daughter out here, so that she can see her mom lose. I don't think that that's fair.
0: Mm.
1: That's harsh. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like a lot to think about. Yeah. And so my mom's like, "Well, I think you're crazy. I think you need to like just drop this like self pity thing, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "It's not self pity, mom. Like I'm right. just." But I know that now that it was definitely a self-pity thing, right? Like I just, Looking I wanted, back and yeah, said, like I was, yeah. I was scared and I was embarrassed and I didn't want to be embarrassed and like, and, uh, and what my mom hadn't told me was that was like the night before the next day we did a, almost kind of like with the, like with your, you know, laptop right here. It was, I, uh-huh. I think it was like, um, like a surface tablet or something, uh-huh. um, but that in that episode, um, just before I went into it, I was I I already knew I was going to sabotage myself. I was like I'm just going to pretend to burn something, and it'll be the reason why I go home. I'm not joking. I'm not even joking. I promise you all my life. I was like I'm totally going to just like pretend to burn something, or just like forget,
0: and oh, oh then my just. God, this is going through your head. Oh like. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. I was I was over it. I'm like I'm not going to put my daughter through that. This
0: like really makes me want to go back and at least watch like the last couple of episodes like, of it just. <laughs> To, like get the recap, like now that I know what like your thought process was, yeah, it, because now it makes like everything else so much more realistic, right? For me to like, yeah, like the backstory, what your yeah. process was, yeah, yeah, man. And
1: so then, uh, they're like, "Oh, we'll open up your, you know, before you get started, we wanted to give you some." So, at that point, the day that that day, the day that I felt super defeated was because I had put. My finale dish, what I had already planned to be my finale dish, in my top three dish, wow. and and so I didn't. I no longer had a finale idea. Like I no longer had an entree for my finale dinner because I used it for the for, for the for okay that, for that. And it was because um, Gordon, Christina, and Graham had all brought their teams from all of their restaurants. To judge. Yes. yes. And so I made this like octopus with like a guajillo sauce and like yeah. a, you know, you get the idea. It was like, it was my finale dish. And so I was like, I have to put the best foot forward because I want to be in the finale. So I was like, I'll just use my finale dish. Like, fuck it. So I did that. And, that then, I did, and then I didn't get the first spot in the finale. And I was super upset. Derek got in. Mm-hmm. And that crushed me because, you know, we're just going to take a break.
0: I'm surprised that's the first time. <laughs> For real. We've gone pretty good, actually. I know, right? <laughs> um, so, where was I? So, <laughs> de- so Derek.
1: Mm, Derek won. Gets that first spot. Gets that first spot. And again, mm-hmm. male-dominated season. Wow. So, that was the night I had the conversation with my mom. like, they're not going to let me win they're not gonna let they're not gonna let me get like, there this
0: isn't gonna happen this isn't gonna
1: happen so I was super defeated so then the next day I was supposed to battle it out with uh, with um, uh, Steven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the day where they brought out the Surface tablets and on the Surface tablet is one of my best friends my daughter and my mom and my grandma I remember that and um, it makes me want to cry just thinking about it um
0: yeah
1: but um it's just like my grandma my grandma means so much to me and um, um, you know seeing her and my daughter for the first time seeing my daughter after like that many weeks um, and seeing my grandma it's like three generations of the women that I'm there to represent and I just thought fuck, now I can't like I can't I can't I can't give up right now You know, like it was, you know, not to, not to like diminish my best friend, you know, it was nice to see her and everything, but, (laughs) but, um, seeing, you know, like the three generation of women that like mean the most to me and like that, you know, like it was just like such like a powerful moment and I don't even, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they, they knew that that would be like, you know, crazy and yeah but
0: because you keep talking to like in this competition they're pushing you they're elevating oh yeah you, so maybe this yeah you know that was their thing like okay this is gonna give her her final push right here yeah. like you know on that
1: yeah man and um and i Ugh. hope you watch the show i hope you watch it man because yeah, i
0: remember that exact moment too when you were yeah. seeing the video on the tablet yeah, yeah and too. i and yeah.
1: i thought immediately i was like like in that moment i was just And the thing I kept telling my grandma was like, I'm going to make you so proud. Like, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this. And she's like, she's like, you know, I love you. And like saying all these things and um, it was so beautiful, man. Like, it was just like exactly what I needed to hear, exactly what I needed to see. And um, and it changed everything. Um, I made the best three courses uh, I had ever made, like essentially in in my damn life. I made the best, the biggest souffle I've ever made in my life. I mean, it was probably like if this was the ramekin, I'm making a sign with like two inches, right? Uh, then it was like that much of a rise of the souffle above it. You know, it was, it was so big. Like I was just like, what? That is crazy. You know, like it was, it was perfection. And um, and that just goes to show that like you know, there's, there's just so much love there and so much like drive that comes from them you know and I just needed that I needed to see them I needed to rim I needed a reminder you know
0: feels like it was like that last little push that like made you stride for the yeah for home plate right it was like that last little yeah nudge that you needed in that
1: moment yeah man and you know and obviously I made I made it through there and um and then went on to the finale and and crushed it. <laughs> and fucking crushed it. Yeah. That is exactly what you yeah. did. And then waited six months. <laughs> and then September 15th, which is really funny, right? Uh, September, actually September, yeah, September 15th, 2016. Or 2015, excuse me. Uh, I won. I was at the top of the, uh, I want to say it was the Westin downtown on their rooftop bar. Uh-huh. And I invited 200 of my closest friends and family. And... Um, and we watched the finale. Pop champagne with money that I didn't have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, man, and it was and it was awesome.
0: Let me ask you: Were you emotional watching it on that day, like with your family, like because you're the oh you're yeah the one in the room that knows, right, that you won, like you know what's about to happen? instead but everybody else is about to discover this with you (laughs) like tell me
1: about that do you want to laugh at something i have to tell you something that'll totally change the mood right now because it got real sad now but um (coughs) so one of my best friends uh melanie was at the show uh literally at the finale and Mm -hmm. my daughter was at the finale right so you need to know that so they were both at the finale we're at the rooftop bar and melanie comes up to to my daughter and she goes how are you feeling? And she's like, I'm so nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. That's how savage my daughter got with like the lying. <laughs> and Melody was like, like they were
0: living this for six months that you
1: And Melody totally yeah. <laughs> was like, I was there yawning. Like... <laughs> And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot." <laughs> but she was just like, the so, she was, like, <laughs> yeah, She was so good at like keeping it on the down low that she was just yeah. like, "I'm so I don't even know what happened." I'm i don't so know know what the
0: She's like, "Who wins? <laughs> Who won?" Like, it was know, it was, was the cutest
1: thing, man. It's like one of my favorite memories from that night because I'll never forget that. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was super emotional. Like I let out the biggest belt of like i felt like for six months i was like choking
0: yeah
1: um it was the most the only way that i can explain it is like i felt like i was in a twilight zone because here i had all of this emotion and excitement because i had won and all of this level of accomplishment and i couldn't tell anyone yes. and i couldn't rejoice and i couldn't celebrate and i couldn't do couldn't any share. of it You're like, i couldn't do any the, of it,
0: it all nor way. did i have
1: any of the money so it was like did i win like you start like the, the like the the mind. Thing no, just what keeps, happened? Yeah. Where
0: was I? Yeah.
1: It's just it's all like just like this weird mind game that like your yeah. mind plays on like you and said,
0: it's a true mindfuck the yeah. whole entire process. Yeah.
1: And uh, and then uh, I I'll never forget I went <laughs> you'll love this when I went to go deposit the check. The uh like the the manager was like, can I ask? And I was like, yeah, I'm the winner of MasterChef season six. And he's just like. Are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And so he goes, okay, what bank account are we t- depositing this into? And I was like, well, this is my bank account. And he goes, The, no, I don't think you gave me the right number. And I was like, no, yeah. And he's like, you're $37. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Yeah, that's the
0: bank yeah, account. Yeah, that one
1: right there. That's the one.
0: That's <laughs> the yeah, one. The yeah.
1: Whoa. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I was negative $37. I'll never forget that
0: way this whole experience and to like think like that you almost fell back from it that I almost didn't go that you were just like "Eh, maybe it's not Yeah. And for me and you know you really had all these the support that you had was like all these angels around you that were just like I 100% (laughs) think so will take you there, like, we'll take you to the process. And I think we'll that's just a sign of,
1: like, knowing that, like, you have to have the right people around you, you know? You have to have good energy, good people that are gonna Absolutely. take you to that next level, that are gonna remind you that, like, you can do better than you think you can. Yeah. You do deserve all the good things that are coming in your life, you know? And that, you know, even though life sucks sometimes, because life sucks, let's be honest. Um, you know, you 100% can change your life, and that, like, I am the perfect example of that. Um, because, you know, I mean, granted, not everybody can go on a television show. Not everybody can go through all the pressure. Not, but no, I mean, I'm not trying to say that it was easy, by any means. What I'm saying, though, is that if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You know, and 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 if you work really hard, I mean, I. I, I reached out to one of my Instagram friends who I knew uh, was a chef who at that point wasn't working as a chef, but I borrowed his um, Culinary Institute book, which was something like 1,700 pages. I read that book front to back three times in my time at MasterChef. Uh, so in 13 weeks, I read that book front forwards and backwards, uh,
0: like three times. That is so no that just goes joke. to how show much, you. Right. How much dedication and yeah. hard work you really laid down right. in order to get the position that you took taking home that win right and so you know again don't I, i'm not trying to make
1: it some light thing like it's yeah. not it's not it's not anything light and i don't for any moment take it for granted because i worked my freaking butt off and i continue to yeah. i mean i'm constantly learning and i think I that see that's you everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Literally. And, and, and i think that that's like one of the biggest things that anybody has to know you know is is you have to ha- be humble enough to learn you know this this One of the my biggest pet peeves with this whole industry is this whole ego-driven thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I went to the Culinary Institute of Blah 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 in France, and I did this, and I worked under this person, and so therefore I have the biggest ego because I can cook this and you can't. Yeah, well, let me tell you what you can't fucking do. You can't make tamales because you've never made them in your damn life. You know, I have that problem all the time. I cook food that people have never cooked in their lives because... Traditionally trained chefs don't know how, how, to, don't cook. Know how to cook them. mole. You know, traditional right. chefs don't know how to cook down hibiscus. The they don't know how to make tamales, they don't know how to wrap them, they don't know the different types of tamales. They don't even know that there's like fifteen different types of tamales just from one culture to the other. Right. You know, they're called ayacas in one right. place and they're called right. you know they're called pasteles in another <laughs> exactly. place and they're called you know, they don't know that. Right. And they don't know the difference between the ones that are wrapped in corn husks and the ones that are wrapped in banana leaves. And what the difference that does for the texture. And how the texture needs to change bec- because of the different things that you add but to it. But these are chefs that are,
0: are world class right hoity, now. Right?
1: And then that turn around and say to me, you're not a chef. You're right. I'm not a chef. And neither are you. Because at the end of the day, it's not about how much you know. It's about how much you're willing to learn. Right. And that's to me. That's one of the things that really irks me about this 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 um this world yeah. uh, is the ego. Is the yeah. oh, I know more than you do. Who cares? Guaranteed, there's somebody that knows more than you do. Exactly. And even then you're never going to know everything because it's impossible to learn all of the different cuisines across the world and the different regions because all the different regions have different ingredients and those different ingredients have been morphed because of all... All work different
0: ways and all grow different ways, different places. You know, it's, it's, it,
1: there is always more to learn and, yeah. and, and so therefore nobody's just sit there and rest in the laurels and be like, oh, I am the best. You're uh, not the best. There's um, always going to be somebody that's better than you. Yeah. Socrates said it. <laughs> <laughs> You're also there. <laughs> what, uh,
0: coming to the end of this episode, Claudia, what, uh, what's next for you? Oh, my Dare God. Dare I ask, <laughs> what's next? I want to go
1: for a restaurant. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I don't know, man. I feel like it has to be done. Um, and I think it'll help, honestly. It'll help for me to set down some roots. Right now, mm-hmm. if I'm really honest, I'm feeling a little all over the place mm-hmm. I've been traveling a lot I've been filming a lot of shows huh. some that are coming to the Food Network soon that's all huh. I'm allowed to say about that okay. um, um, I'm going to be coming out in a really popular show probably the most popular show on Food Network also okay. I'll, be, um, I'll be on the junior version of that soon that's all I'm going to say about that okay. <laughs> You should definitely tune into okay, the finale. Teasers, okay. You should definitely tune into the finale of MasterChef Season 10. Yes. Um, I don't know. Uh, the finale of MasterChef Latino. I don't know when this is gonna air, but airs n- next Sunday. So, finale of season two is already coming to the end. I can't believe I it. See. Um, and uh, I mean, for for TV, that's kind of where that's at. Um. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd really like to set down some words. So right now, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm gonna try to. See whether I partner with somebody or I open up my own. Huh. Um, but I'd really like to set up a brick and mortar so that people can come and try my food. You know, since I'm not a real chef.
0: <laughs> wink, wink. Oh <Quote>, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it is—it is something. That's what I was telling you before. Like you know, meeting people and stuff and local chefs like Chef Leti and, and Chef Dominique is. It was. It's really awesome to try their food, and you get to know them on a whole different level and stuff. And that'd be really awesome, like for people to get to know how you cook and what's really in it. I mean, we've seen so much on TV. We get to read the cookbooks and stuff, but to experience what you put on the plate—that sounds exciting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. And I have a
1: couple of events coming up. I mean, um, if people want to be up to date on those, definitely follow me on Instagram. I post everything there. Yeah, can you give your um, your Instagram handle? No, it's Chef Claudia Sandoval. C L A U D I A Sandoval. I always say that my last Sandoval. name is Sandoval. <laughs> Oval. It's easy for people to remember if they don't know how to spell Sandoval. Um, my Instagram—that's my Instagram. My Twitter is Chef Claudia S. Um, and if people want to find me on um, or find some of my recipes, they're welcome to go to okay. Claudia uh, ChefClaudiasCocina.com. Huh. Cocina with the an O. And okay. it's not co—it's not Cucina.
0: <laughs> it's, don't call me a dirty girl. Okay. <laughs> I like that you clarified that uh, Let's just I clarify need that to clarify Well because
1: that. people always You know they know Italian food So they think Cochina right. Right. right But if you call it Cochina Then you know You just call me a dirty girl And that's not I mean. That's not acceptable That's not acceptable girl That's not acceptable
0: And last uh, Claudia What can you give um, As some advice To the young Latinas That are listening on the show Um that might need some encouragement to make some moves and take some risks. What can you
1: tell them? I think my my first piece of advice would probably be just stop telling yourself negative things. Um, you know, uh, if I had not gone on that train that morning uh, because my daughter said, Mom, don't leave. Um, if I had listened to my inner voice saying, you're being a responsible parent. If I had... Um, allowed my circumstances to determine my future yes. then I would never be where I am today so you have to push beyond what you think you can or cannot do um, and that goes for everything in life I mean I have I have friends who have said oh I can't have babies and then once they stop trying boom they get pregnant you know so life is very weird that way Yeah. Um, so I think just getting out of your head sometimes is so important and, and taking the risk um and, and the second one, I would say, um, honestly, and, and I have to say this, um, the future is definitely female. Um, and you have absolutely no idea how unique and how powerful you are because you are more well-balanced than males are. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, I mean that in, in strength. Um, women are, are thoughtful, are empathetic, are sympathetic, are... Um, they uh, think things through because we are overthinkers forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) but more importantly um, we uh, really do everything that we do in life with a purpose Um, it's not just for the sake of doing it it's because what is this going to mean in my life and what is this going to mean for the people around me Um, and because we have that thought and because we have that forethought in in, in thinking about what we're gonna do um, you really have the ability to to change things Um, so trust yourself and know that more than anything trust Trust that you are powerful, that you can make changes, and um, and that your authenticity with that will really will really drive change. So mm-hmm. don't ever stop anything in your life because of that.
0: Yeah, thank you, Claudia, yeah. so much again. Thank you um, that we're finally able to make some time and and get this done and have you on the show. And it was thank really you. important to, for me to learn more about you. You know, get deeper than no, this what I just really on TV, right? really <laughs> deep. That's what I do, Claudia. That's just what I do. It's so chingona. That's what made me, here She made for. me cry and shit in public. Yeah, what is this? I, girl, that's what happens. I mean, you should see what I do to Uber drivers. It's really <laughs> <laughs> It really is. Uh, but thank you. It's been such an awesome experience um, to have you on the show to learn more about you and your journey and, and how you got there. And super excited to see all the beautiful things that are happening next. Really, really cool to see you represent. I know it's a lot of responsibility for who you represent in the community and on a bigger scale. Yeah. um, But we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying, man. You're doing it. I'm trying. You're doing it. I'm just saying, keep helping me. (laughs) Keep
1: helping me. I need more people. (laughs) I need more people with us.
0: We got you. Come
1: come with me. (laughs) So thank
0: you again. I appreciate your time. And until then, fist up, (laughs) chingonas.